Welcome to Holding the Fort Abroad, the podcast for expats with traveling partners. My name is Rhoda Bangeter. I'm a certified coach and the author of the book, Holding the Fort Abroad. In this podcast, I interview men and women who live abroad and have traveling partners so that we can all benefit from their wisdom and experience. I also invite relationship experts to apply their expertise to this topic. Today, my guest is Sharoya Ham. Sharoya is a behavior change specialist and founder of Embrace Behavior Change. She's also a licensed teacher with over 25 years of experience working with at-risk students and their families. Her favorite career, however, was as a stay-at-home mom. She attributes her three amazing sons, who are now 18, 20, and 23, for teaching her endless lessons about parenting. Sharoya also lived in six different countries. Sharoya, welcome to the show. I am delighted to be here with you today. Thank you so much for inviting me to, to uh, share with you and your, your audience. Well, thank you so much. I'm looking forward to talking with you about your perspective. You work with families to embrace behavior change. First, I would like to hear from you about your general approach, and then a little bit about your personal journey. And then I'd love to look specifically at how parents who are in different locations can work with you and can parent together. So can you tell us a little bit more about your work with families and your approach of embracing behavior change? You know, I love to work with parents who are at their wits end. I am the parent coach, not for the parents who just want to get better and learn all of these great techniques. There's place for that. But there needs to be someone for the parents who are just overwhelmed and they don't know where to start. And that is where I like to come in and help parents deal with behavioral issues, you know, for parents who are just frustrated of trying, they keep yelling, they keep punishing and nothing is working. So I also work with parents whose children are not uh, doing well in school. You know, um, they are constantly trying to motivate their kids, having homework wars every night um, and they just can't figure out what to do. So I, I work with those families as well. And then I think one of my greatest benefits or just joys of working with families is to see how relationships transform. Um, I know there are many families who are struggling to love and like each other. Some parents live in shame because they do not like their children. And there's nothing to be ashamed about. We all have challenges that we must go through, but it is all workable. It is all repairable. And so that is the journey um, I take parents on is to walk through these challenges step by step. And how I do it is just simple, three steps. Number one, I welcome parents into a safe and calm space where we just take a time to acknowledge what is going right. Just one thing, if they can acknowledge one thing that's going right, then we begin to build that momentum we need for optimism and energy to get through the next steps. So that is so important. I, I just invite parents in and let them know this is not going to be a journey about doing more. It is going to be a time where you reflect and appreciate what you're already doing well. And then we move on to step two, which is really just to figure out why am I even doing this? Why am I parenting? Why did I choose to be a parent? And what do I hope my child will take away from this? 
time with me. So creating a vision based on your values and what you want long-term for your child. Once we get that down and identified, that becomes the compass for which everything, you know, is arranged around like your behavior changes. Because in parent coaching that I do, it's all about you embracing behavior change, not about getting your child to change. Because I guarantee you, if you embrace the behavior changes that are in line with your vision and values, your child will change. It is just definitely going to happen. And so the last step is uh, also one of my favorites, and that is being your accountability partner. Just helping parents to implement those changes that they have agreed to and then cheering them on. I just love it because progress does not happen unless you recognize when you're making it. You know, sometimes we tend to be bullies of our own selves. We just go, you did do that better. You did do that three more times this week, but you should have done it seven times. No, in parent coaching, what I do is help parents to acknowledge you did do it three more times than you did last week. And we're going to celebrate that. That's brilliant. And that's what I loved when we were working with you, because my husband and I worked with you. And we'll talk a little bit more about that uh, later, because we were in two different places when we worked with you, which was actually the three of us were on three different time zones, which was quite yes. extraordinary. That was a great part. We appreciated that very much, the encouragement that we received from you. Coming back to your second point, what you're saying is, is that you really it's the parent who's going to change their behavior to begin with? Yes. Before I go there, I want to just say it was just a joy. Uh, I never worked with anyone who was in the time zone where it was a half an hour off. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so it was always interesting. And when we would need to rearrange a, a session of making sure we're all we're all talking about the same time yes, in our yes. different times. <laughs> so that was a challenge, but we succeeded in that. Also, it was just a delight to work with you two because you were so committed to what I'm about to talk about. And that is embracing your own behavior changes. You know, so often you hear the quote, you teach people how to treat you. And the way you do that is by your own behavior, not demanding from them how they are to treat you. But if they treat you poorly, then you remove yourself away from them. Or there's very limited words. That's how you respond to someone who is not showing respect to you. You don't demand respect. And so I'm always trying to help parents understand what behavior are you trying to get them that you wish for them to show up more. And of course, we have to be the example. You know, if you want respectful behavior, are you the parent being respectful in what you're saying? But most of all, now I try to take it away from just the immediate behavior you see today and connect it to your, your behavior changes to what you want to see 10 and 15 years from now. So if you want to see a confident child, then when you wake up in the morning, you're already thinking about where I can interject some things in, in the day to build my child's confidence. And once that positive energy and momentum begins to occur, problem behavior automatically decreases. And I say to parents, the quickest way to change 
Negative behavior is to focus on positive. When we are caught up and we don't have time to think and, 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 and reflect on what our children are doing well, we stay in the cycle of always criticizing. <laughs> and we tend to think that we encourage more than we criticize, but studies have shown I think out of eight times of an interaction with kids, we tend to criticize five times out of those eight. And so what I try to ask parents to do is flip it. Do not criticize until you encourage your child or acknowledge something they've done right five times. Okay. Before you, yeah, before you start saying what you didn't do. Okay. You're not saying, um, speak the reality into the child in the sense that, you know, you want them to be confident then, but they're not really confident. And so you say, you're so confident today. You're not saying that you're saying you see something that the child is doing well and you tell them and you build it up. Okay. You build them up. And not only, you know, this is not just a matter. uh, let, Let me just be more practical here. Let's talk about a, a chore, like taking out the garbage. Some of our kids do follow that. They take out the garbage, but maybe they leave their room messy. But you want to acknowledge what they are doing well and consistency. And here's how you do it. You simply say to them, you know what? I've been watching you and I appreciate that you have been responsible in taking out the garbage. Why? Because it makes our family go smoother. You see, you're, you're letting him know that he's being responsible. You're letting them know that's character development. You're also letting them know that they are adding value to your family. And I think this is what is so important. That's the difference between just a compliment and building confidence. Mm. We have already dived into the subject big time. Um, but can, can you tell us a little bit about your, your own journey so that listeners can know a little bit? I mean, you're speaking from experience also as an expat, as someone who's lived in other countries. Yes. Well, I want to start with why I do what I do, because I grew up with a father who who struggled with alcoholism. And I tell you, even now, I still struggle with the trauma and all that that brings with low self-esteem and just being very unsure uh, and untrusting of myself as well as others, because I'm not sure of the expectations, you know, that they'll have of me or what I can expect of them. So I knew what it was to grow up with a, a parent whose behavior wasn't the greatest. But I also know that if he had the resources to improve himself, he probably would have Uh, tapped into it. And so my goal and my mission is really to help parents to demonstrate love in a practical way. What does it sound like? So love does not sound abusive in your words. So my, my goal is to help you embrace if you're struggling in that area, there's no shame, but there is a way you can change. And so I'm, I'm encouraging parents to do that. Your love is not communicated when you are beating your child in the midst of your anger. And so my job is really to, to help you come up with another strategy that communicates the love that you really want to give. So I tell everybody, I want children in every household throughout the world to know what love feels like, what it sounds like, 
even what it tastes like. Um, and so that's what I do practically in terms of uh, my work every day. But how did I get to this place of being a parent coach? Well, I say to my, to people all the time, who wakes up and says they want to be a parent coach? <laughs> there, you cannot develop an expertise in this area. It is just endless. Uh, you learn every single day. But what happened for me was that my son uh, was diagnosed with ADHD in the seventh grade, and I was in total shock, in denial. And to be quite honest, my ego was bruised significantly because we carry a lot of ego. When our kids are successful, we feel we are. And when they're not, we feel like we've done something wrong. And so here I am trying to get help for him. And luckily for me in my background in education, I was able to figure things out fairly quick, quickly to get him the support he needed. But on that journey, other parents, I met with other parents and I recognized they carried a lot of frustration um, because they've been trying to do different things and nothing was working. Um, they carry shame because here they are, uh, many of, of our colleagues in the expat world are very um, educated, um, you know, um, I don't want to say successful, but they have a lot of achievements because I believe we are born of success. So, <laughs> and so they would confide in me and tell me what they were going through. And I would kind of help them just go through and get, help them get unstuck and get the, the resources their child needed. So I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't have a title for that. <laughs> I eventually started calling myself a child advocate because I knew in all of it, I was really advocating for the kid Yeah. because I was advocating. I, if I could go back and advocate for myself as a little girl, I would say to my dad, come on, dad, get the help you need. Yeah. And so then I originally, uh, um, it kind of evolved and I realized what I'm actually doing is teaching parenting skills. And so I went into parent coaching and um, went back for a master's degree in applied behavior analysis. Many people are familiar with that feeling, how it helps children with autism or children with um, defiant behavior, but actually it, it can be used in so many different ways. And what I use it is to help parents change their behavior. Yeah. And in the end, it helps the parent as a person as well, right? For sure. You know, and Rhoda, you know, I, I say this all the time. Parenting is a gift, not a to-do list. And what is the gift in it for us is us discovering our better selves. As we humble ourselves and recognize that, wow, I'm getting angry at my child because I'm actually angry that I see myself in my child. I see things in my child that I don't like about myself. But when you see that, it happens to us all. But the gift happens when we humble ourselves and say, you know what? I'm going to address that issue about me. Yeah. And in addressing that issue about you, you just inadvertently begin to teach your child how to address it in themselves. Yeah. And to me, that is just the gift of you improving the gift you give to your child of how you know they they can improve and more so the gift that is given to your grandkids because you are giving them a parent who will not struggle with the same issues yeah now 
sometimes as well, the struggle is with overwhelm as a parent, as a person. And if we're talking about expats living abroad with a spouse who travels, still maybe 80% of the time it's the moms who are with the children um, and the dads who are traveling. I've got episodes where I'm interviewing, holding the foot dads, uh, which is cool. Uh, so, so that's exciting. I think it is changing, but it's still a lot, the moms and there's overwhelm. And sometimes parenting is hard in the overwhelm. Can you talk a bit about that? Sure. And I think your book does an uh, awesome job in addressing resentment. And so I want to just frame it. It's not just overwhelmed, but it's trauma-induced overwhelm, trauma-induced fatigue. And that trauma is resentment. What does that mean? Can you, can you unpack that a little bit? And what that means is that we have been asking ourselves, our bodies, our mind to do more than it's capable of doing. Mm. And our bodies are pushing back. Our emotions are pushing back and saying, I don't want to do anymore. And the reason I don't want to do, do anymore is because I'm resentful. I'm resentful that I have to do this. I'm resentful that I'm expected or I'm resentful that I don't know how to do this or I don't know what to say to, to, to escape, to communicate to my partner that I'm tired. And so when you are waking up every morning, it's like your body is taking a hit every day to do something it doesn't want to do. And so there really has to be a slowing down of you being able to say, what is bothering me? What is sucking my energy and why? And the best way to do that is through journaling. And I wanna to say to some people, you just might be so fatigued, so overwhelmed. You're just like, I don't even have the strength to journal. And I wanna to say to you, to think of a person who is who lives this lifestyle that you can call and, and chat with. If you don't have that, I would also encourage you to just go to my website or even a, a therapist. Usually they give a 15 minute consultation. And I say to you at this point, if you can't journal, you need some support. You just need somebody to hold your hand. And when you do the 15-minute consultation, if you feel relief afterwards, that just lets you know, yeah, it's time to invest in getting someone, getting some support for yourself to navigate through those emotions, to navigate through what is causing that trauma that is blocking energy that you need to do the other things um, to get out of that position of overwhelmed. Yeah. You know, so yeah. if you are able to uh, journal and come up with that, is it like, I just feel that I'm never alone. I can't get time to myself. Then that is something you can take to your spouse and just say, I, I recognize I'm resentful, resentful because I can't find time to myself. Can you help me figure this out? What, what can we do? Yeah, Because sometimes it's not the kids who are the problem. 
it's the overwhelm that's the problem mm -hmm. and then it shows up in our parenting um and that's what I experienced you know and a lot of moms experience but also a lot of moms will tell me there's something wrong with me because I'm not coping which I I think is completely wrong that I mean it breaks my heart I'm like don't 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 think there's something wrong with you this is a lot and it's what we discussed just before the recording started and also what was a big aha moment for me was when uh, what I write in my book about going to the doctor and, and the doctor listening to everything out that was going on in my life and kind of looking at me and going, don't you think that's a lot for one person? But no, I was adamant. I was supposed to do it all. And uh, I think if we talk to someone who's external, a third party, and they listen to everything, they go, whoa, I it's just not, no human <laughs> can do this all, you know, and not feel that overwhelm at some point or another, or the fatigue at some point or another. It's also important to get help, right, about sometimes we need help to figure out where can I find that space? If I've got little children and my partner's gone all the time, where can I find that space? Because it's, sometimes it's just impossible. You think it's impossible to find that space. Two, two points that you just made, that doctor's visit uh, where you describe in your book, it really, it shook me when I read it because I'm like, this is, a, I've experienced the same thing where someone is looking at me like, well, you just said you moved to a country, you have three kids, you don't know the language, you, you know, your husband is traveling several times in a month, they're looking like, and, and why should you be tired? <laughs> so sometimes we need people in our lives to mirror that for us. Um, because we have, I, I was saying to my husband, when we started this journey, we both were very ambitious. And that's why we here are on this. We've been on uh, uh, this journey of expat living for 15 years. We both had big dreams and that's why we, we committed to doing this. And so we, with those high expectations, that would have been good. We probably would have done really well in one spot, but when you add all the changes in each move, it just really reduces the amount of things that you can accomplish that you probably would have been successful if you stayed in your home country. Right. And I think you do an awesome job of explaining this in, in your book. So kudos, kudos to you for, for that. You. And um, so lowering expectations, if you can do it yourself, you can just, you know, again, the night before you wake up, saying to yourself, what, what don't I need to do? Yeah. And taking that off of your plate. But again, when you are at that place of traumatic, <laughs> trauma-induced uh, fatigue and overwhelm, it is even hard to pinpoint what you should not do. Yeah, yeah. And if you're seeing parenting as a to-do list, that just adds to it. And I think that's an mm -hmm. important point to bring in at this point as well. It's like you wake up in the morning and you start getting, you know, I've got to do this and I've got to take the kids here and I'm on my own and I'm exhausted and I'm overwhelmed and I feel angry at my spouse because they're not here. And it feels like an endless cycle that where there's no way out. And I think what was so powerful when we worked with you 
was this sense that we had a third party who was kind <laughs> and who was looking looking in to the situation, sort of bringing a, a fresh eyes, and it allowed us to talk about what I what I loved was that you brought you talked to us each individually first and then you talked to us together as a couple and then you talked to our kids and then you brought it together and I and I love that approach and I think for the for the dads who are far away all you know the moms who are far away and who are traveling they come in you know they, they unpack a bag repack a bag they're off again when do they have the opportunity to talk to someone about what their dreams about being a parent is, you know, what their dreams for the kids are, how they would love to be involved, what they would like to be involved with. And I think it gave my husband an amazing opportunity to just have a moment out of his career life where he could say, wow, okay, yeah, what do I have? how do I want my relationship to be with my kids when they're older? How do I want, you know, and how does that reflect on my relationship now? And, and there were lots of things that he could do from afar, right? Yes. You know, Rhoda, I, sometimes I wish that um, us moms could be flies on the wall um, during my coaching sessions with dads and you would just hear their, their sensitivity, their, their concerns that, they feel like they're failing. They feel like they're failing us as a spouse. They feel like they're failing the kids in their effort to provide for their family. Like they want to provide not just financially, but in every way. Mm-hmm. Um, and so a lot of times it's, you know, that being stuck in, okay, this is how I've seen it done. This is how my father has done it. This is how he has provided for the family. Uh, but I'm, I'm not sure how I'm supposed to provide this emotional support, it, particularly while I'm far away. Um, and so when I'm in there, I'm listening to what dads want um, and how they w- want to be more present in their lives, even though they might not be physically present. And the one thing that dads can always do is just saying, you know, when the first thing they talk about, talk with their um, spouse in the morning or in the evening, it's just, what can I take off of your plate? Oh my goodness. (laughs) If they could just lead with that, otherwise I would be so excited. What can I take off your plate? And just pausing, because sometimes we, um, as women, we're not even ready to advocate for ourselves. And we don't even, it's just like nothing. Yes. (laughs) But just, and my job is to teach dads, just say, okay, I'm going to wait for an answer. You can get, you can send it to me by email. You can tell me, you know, uh, send me a text. Just know that I want to take something off your plate. You let me know what it is and I can figure out how to do it. Oh, that's the best part, right? We don't, as moms, we don't have to give it and figure out how they're going to do it. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. And, you know, because they they do want to solve the problem. They don't want to see us hurt. I mean, there are times where I 
would cry so much. And I look at my husband and I feel bad because I know he doesn't want me to hurt. So yeah. I'm feeling bad because he's hurting because I'm hurting. <laughs> <laughs> but I definitely didn't want him to tell me what to do, how to fix myself. You know, so if a dad is listening, I would just encourage you to try that one thing. Every time you talk to your spouse, to simply say, what can I take off your plate? That's nice. So you're supporting your spouse as the implementing parent as well, right? As the parent who's there 24-7. Yes, the implementing parent has all the energy um, the con- they, that they feel connected to you um, and that they know they are not alone, that they are doing this in, you know, on their own at, at the moment, but they're not alone, that you're going to be there for them. And also showing up for the kids as well. Of course, when they're older, it's a lot easier to show up. Um, And and it's younger, it's more challenging because the kid is not going to want to be on a video call. But definitely, you are going to want to think about how you... Okay, here's, here's, here's an even practical one. If I can just share this story here, where... I had my three sons and my husband was traveling like six months in a year, not straight, but total. And I just was so overwhelmed. And I said to him, I said, I don't understand. Like when high level visits come and you prepare for them, you have a book and it's so detailed with every little thing that they're going to do. I'm like, I I need to be sorted out that way. And he took that and ran. I gave him something. I couldn't explain what I was really asking for, but I was just saying to him, I'm envious that you spend so much time at the details of your job. And here I feel like I'm in total chaos. So what he did was the next trip that he took, he had a binder. He had called several people arrange uh, for us to have dinner with them, lunch, activities. He, <laughs> before he left, he sat me down and he says, listen, I put this together, this binder for you. I've called all of these people and they said they are willing to have you and the kids over to do, you know, the activities were listed. Oh my goodness. I was so happy because you know, you don't want to keep asking people for favors, <laughs> but people want to help you. People want and to there help was you. Yeah. Already, they want to help you. And they knew their role. Their role was not only not to wait for me, they were to call and invite me and to, um, you know, just do all of the, the confirmation. So I didn't have to reach out to them. Oh. I mean, just how amazing. Oh, yeah. what a great gift. <laughs> But remember, it wasn't his idea. <laughs> I mean, you know, I gave him something because, you know, again, I got that that trauma out of my body, that emotion that was like, I am resentful. You can do this for them, not for us. Yeah. Yeah. And good thing for him that he did just pull back for a minute and think, well, how can I show her that I'm willing to do the same for for us, for our, our family. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow. And that's saying a lot about that. He heard you. Yeah. And you know, um, Rhoda, I, I, we were talking in, in before the interview actually started and I was saying to you how I want to share with your audience, 
um, the story, my, my husband and I, our, our story. Uh, we have, our oldest is 23, so we've been parents for 23 years plus nine months. Um, and we are still figuring this thing out as we now begin to transition. We are empty nesters and now we're um, returning home. My husband will retire in 2023. And so, uh, I would like to share a video where the two of us are reflecting about our journey in hopes that um, it become a love letter to dads. Wow. I, I would like for moms, you can listen to it, but not feel like you need to do anything. I, we want to speak to dads and just let dads know that we see you are trying. You, we see the frustration um, and here's what we want to share with you on how you can actually take a step forward to repair your relationship with your spouse, to um, bring back excitement uh, as you father from afar with the kids, and to, to create that space so that when you return home, um, it can go smoothly. Because You've done an exceptional uh, job, Rhoda, in the book of talking about that returning home and how, how difficult that can be. But the questions you outline in the book are exactly what families need to consider um, during those transitional periods. Because your husband traveled a lot, right? You know what? He traveled more when uh, we were stateside, which is our home country uh, in the U.S., and um so I actually agreed to this lifestyle so I could spend more time with him. That's what I tell him. <laughs> you mean going abroad in another country so he'd actually be more. <laughs> but you, did you see exactly. split location where there was a time where he was in another country? No, we never, we, you didn't. we never did split location. Right. Okay. But you know what it is to have a husband who's gone a lot while you're raising kids at the same time. Exactly. And, and I, and I also want to say, I know what it is to have a husband who's gone for a long period of time to raise three little kids under five years old and make sure my mental health stayed well. Yeah. As that was a huge part of my life as a kid and as an adult and more so as a parent. Yeah. So working with mental health, um, my own mental health, um, I think has really given me a level of sensitivity mm. of understanding how deep and dark it can be mm. to parent. Yes. On your, yeah. while your spouse is away. Yes, yes, yes. And I've, I've learned this year, this past year, how intricately the mental health and physical health can be related. Because if you're depleting your body, it can have a huge impact on your mental health as well. Um, and then if you're, if, if you're struggling mentally, it can have an impact on your uh, physical body. So how, how those two are related and how it is important. You know, one, one mom I was talking to said to me, I can handle it all. It's just, I get squeezed out. And I'm like that. That's not the point either, is it? <laughs> so, um, but so I'm, I'm working on a, on a, I'd love to have your, your, your eyes on it actually, before it, it really comes out um, on a guidebook for getting help, asking for help. What do you need to acknowledge? Mindset shift, uh, mindset shift, um, 
how you actually get the help that you need, uh, what to ask for, uh, that kind of stuff. So um, I think I think that's a big part of having young children, having a spouse who's away and um, not being able to see how on earth you're going to get out of this, this situation of overwhelm. Um, the last thing I would love to cover with you is, is we, we can't force our husbands to parent. What would you say to that? I'm not going to comment. I'm just going to leave it open. You know, uh, you can't force it, but then ask yourself, how can I invite him? Right. Not what I can ask him, but how can I invite him? You know, if there's a parent conference, letting him know that there's a parent conference, just asking him, how would you like to engage the teacher? Would you like for them to write you? Would you like for me to schedule a, a, a meeting um, for us to have online together? Um, let's think about some other things. Um, are you, you can ask them, are you feeling connected to the kids? You know, in what ways are you feeling disconnected? Mm -hmm. You know, our pain points are so strong um, because we're there with the kids, but theirs are also. And it's hard for us to feel, to, um, to get in touch with theirs because ours are raging. But I tell you, um, if you, if any mom today listening is just feeling like I'm so tired of giving, I understand that. Um, but if you're committed to stay in your relationship with your spouse, then you can never give up on giving. So if you can just muster up the, the, the courage, the energy, just to say, are you disappointed in any way with the connection you're having with the kids right now? You know, try to tap into, if, the, if they're not engaged then they're probably not feeling connected. And so you wanna let them know that, okay, there is a way to connect. Maybe we need to, you know, look into the Marco Polo app where you guys are, you know, sending messages at your own time convenience, but right there in the, in, in the moment. So I had one child who likes to cook and wanted to have more opportunities to cook with his dad virtually. Mm -hmm. But the time, the time difference was a problem. And so the dad could just simply make a video of him cooking, showing the local ingredients and, and going out and finding different fruits and um, you know, meats that are not available where the child is located. And just using the video to explain while he's in motion, it almost feels like they're together. And what, imagine, the dad is making that video at night when the kid wakes up. That's the first thing they see in the morning. Yeah. Yeah, you know? exactly. And I remember speaking to someone for the book, actually, and they said that just having a good night every night from their dad is one of the memories they have. And, and mm. they, they, they had other memories like from from holidays that they would take on one on one or um different things like that where the dad had made a an album of um where he grew up and what he liked to do and then the kid had this album that they could you know get to know their dad because sometimes we assume that the kids know the dad as much as we know them but if if the dad's been traveling since birth uh sometimes it can be a fun idea to to, to do that um but i, I 
I, I think also like if we don't ask them how they want to be involved, we, we won't get an answer, will we necessarily? And sometimes I feel like we exclude them without meaning to just because we're there with the kids, we're 24-7, we know where the dance class is and we know where, um, you know, what's happening with the teacher. And and if we don't find a way of, of sharing that with them or inviting them in, like you say, then they might feel, ex- I know that I've excluded my husband without meaning to. And it's only because we've just, you know, I've asked him, do you feel it? And that's one of my questions when he comes home after a trip. Within those first few days, I, I ask him, do you feel excluded? And sometimes he says, yeah, because you have all yeah. your activities. And it doesn't mean that the family has to stop the activities. It just means that um, this is a reality that the dad is living, that he's feeling like he's coming into this bubble, this ready-made kind of family reality and having to reconnect. It's, it's, sometimes it's hard. Yeah. And I would say to moms, whatever you feel like the issue is that you're feeling insecure about and you're feeling frustrated, whether it be finances or, you know, the kids, uh, intimacy and, and, and just again, journal, but I want you to just think from your husband's perspective, put yourself in the shoes, journal while your eyes are closed and think, you know what? If I were you and I was married to a woman, you know, you're going to detail some of the situations that are happening. And I had three kids and I lived outside the country and I'm doing my best. I would feel that, 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 that. But you really, you're not trying to say what you think your spouse is feeling. You are really trying to imagine actually being them, living their life. And what are they feel and, and feeling about the finances? And write it all out. And then send an email if, and just say, I was trying to imagine how it might feel to be you. Can you read this and let me know? And again, I want to just say, push past that, that feeling of, I don't want to do this. I I just want him to care about me because ultimately what you want is your family to be healthy and loving and well. And if this is the step to get you there, and I'm going to tell you, it will help. Um, Because again, when they have to just read that and they have the space, the safe space to be alone by themselves and think about, wow, she did nail some of these things. And then they can clarify some things for you. Um, that is a, a, a place to start. Fantastic. Because they might not voluntarily say that if they feel that on the other side, no one's going to be listening necessarily. So that's brilliant, Sharoya. Um, we're coming to the end. Is there anything else that you wanted to specifically tell parents at the moment? Or otherwise, can you tell us where we parents can... Uh, reach you where they can find you sure if your your children are um, able to express their feelings I would just ask every parent to ask their child right now um, tell me what would you like for me to do differently that's it and then the kid might look at you like what do you mean you just say answer it any way you want and moms dads I want you just to stop what you're doing, 
and just say, I hear you. And I'm going to figure out a way to do that. Do it better, do it less, do it more, whatever they asked you. That is the most important thing to them. That becomes your most important. So what if they say to the dad, I want you to be home more? So you, you say, yes, and I hear you. And we're going to talk about how we can do this. Even if they don't need to, to know that it's going to happen tomorrow, they need to know that yeah. you heard them, that they, that, that they want you home more and you are going to work towards that. You can't do it in this year, but you can start beginning to talk. You know what? I, you can tell them after I got to finish this out. And after this, I am really going to look for jobs that only allow us to be together. And if you cannot say that, then I want you to really recognize you're struggling with an issue and you're, that is going to block you from being the parent that you need to be. Because we, we just have to get to a place where we can transition, we can grow and adapt to what our family needs, not to what we need as individuals, but everybody in the family must adapt to according to what is needed. Because remember, um, I'm always also telling kids like, listen, your mom is the only one there. Your job is to help her, to fill her cup. That's your job. Okay. As it is the reverse way, she fills your cup. And so a parent yeah. who says, Noel, you know, like I can't do that. No, there, there's a problem because whatever, however your child feel, finishes that sentence, that's what they're saying. That's what I need to fill my cup. Okay. Okay. Yeah. But they might not say that. It might be surprising to parents. They might not say, I want you to be home more. They might say, I want you to say goodnight to me, or I want you to read more books with me when you're home. Or it could really be a surprising answer um, that, that could completely be something we don't think about, you know? But for them, it's what, like you said, is what they're missing, what they need. Um, I think it's a brilliant question. I'm going to ask my boys when they come home. <laughs> you know, last thing, I think you're so right, because a lot of parents hesitate to ask because they're afraid of what is going to be said. And I was working with a client one time who was having a lot of friction in the relationship, and she just didn't want to ask. And finally asked, and all the child says is, I just want you to apologize when you're wrong. Oh, see. Ah. Oh. I know, right? It's all, oh, I'm going to write these questions down on, in the show notes so that people have them and I'll, I'll okay. go through as well. So in the show notes, there'll be the different topics that we covered. Um, yes, please, please let the listeners know where they can contact you. Okay. I'm going to say to go to embrace behavior change, especially if you feel like you just don't know where to start. My heart is in this, Rhoda. It is not a, for me about money. It is about, again, that child that I was in the corner, afraid, scared, what was happening to my family. It, I want parents to know that your child is being affected um, by behaviors that are not supporting their confidence and their security. And it's no need for shame just reach out for help. Yeah. And in 15 minutes, just to know you get somebody to talk to for 15 minutes, 
Sometimes you don't need more help than that. You just needed someone to hear you and say, girl, you're doing good. Keep going, slow down, but keep going. Yes, yes, absolutely. <laughs> so go to embracebehaviorchange.com and simply, uh, if you wish, schedule uh, a 50-minute free consultation. Yeah, yeah. And I know you bring videos out as well on Facebook. Are you still doing that? That's correct. Right. Yes. And and what the beauty of this and of working with you is, is that you can do it as parents, even if you're not in the same location. And I in just asked my husband, I said, listen, I, I want to do this. Are you prepared to do this together so we can talk, actually finally have an opportunity to talk about parenting? and parenting together get on the same page we also intercultural couple so sometimes there are differences there just also just the way that we were raised you know I was raised a certain way very chaotic very like noisy he was raised an only child very very organized and quiet household so we're you know we're, we're clashing even in our styles of 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 um of being um, so just being able to have conversations about that uh, and and realizing again it's not a to-do list it's it's um, and it, it was helping us in our communication about expectations about what we expected of the other person uh, and the dreams that we had for our family which was beautiful and again just thinking wow we you know he's 6,000 kilometers one way and you were 6,000 kilometers the other way and we were all on the screen together talking about our family I it was just I cannot recommend it more so thank you so much Rhoda can I just say too before we I keep saying can I just say but uh, what I loved about seeing you two on the screen it was like in the beginning you could see distance okay and as we went into maybe three sessions, it was almost, even though you were on separate screens, I could see a lean in towards each other, like a lean in towards the camera as he was talking. There was there was joy on his face as, as, as you were talking, you know, so vice versa. But I also want to say uh, men tend to excel in parent coaching. Can you tell our audience who did the most homework? I don't know. Who you or your husband? Oh, he did. I think he did. <laughs> it was his opportunity. I don't yes, think anybody yes. had ever asked him these questions before. Yeah. And, and so I want moms to know in parent coaching, I back off of you. You do your you do your assignments, but usually the men they they do all of them. Yeah, well, he certainly did. And I think it's it definitely helped us get on the same page for certain things, but it also gave each of us separately the opportunity to talk about it and then talk about it together, which was just incredible. And like I said, I don't think he'd ever had the opportunity to actually say everything that was on his heart, you know? So, ah, it was beautiful. Um, fantastic. I normally ask my guests if there's any parenting resource they would recommend anything. Now, obviously, I would recommend people contact you and do the parent coaching, uh, be be coached. Uh, is there any favorite resource or anything you can share? There's one thing I would like uh, for, for moms. Uh, we tend to not give ourselves permission uh, to do whatever it is we need to do that day. And there's a, a, a parent coach, she call, well, she calls herself Mentor for Moms. Her name is Susan C. 
CA. And uh, she has cards that say, I give my permit myself permission to. You can get the cards or you can just do it every day, just or whenever it comes across your mind and you just say, I keep them on my desk. Okay. Because when I look at, at them and it's a day where I'm just feeling blah, then I just pause and say, I give myself permission to watch TV. Um, I give myself permission to only do what I want. Um, and it just, just writing it down would allow you, it just helps you to lower those expectations. So um, I think it's worth the, the purchase because again, if you have to write it out each day or on a piece of paper or your journal, you just may forget. So I just leave them on my desk, leave them in the kitchen, leave them in your bedroom. And just whenever you see it and you go, I need to give myself permission right now because I'm feeling angry. So what do I give myself permission to do? Um, and so I'll leave that in the, um, I'll give you the link for that. Um, but like I said, I just want to uh, share our story, my husband uh, and my story uh, of how we gotten through these 23 uh, years of parenting and 15 years of parenting abroad and what we wish we could have done over. That would be brilliant. And I will link to that as well. So that if they're hearing, we're hearing from a couple from both sides. Um, brilliant. Great. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you for your wisdom, your insights. And um, yeah, thank you so much for being, for being here today and answering all my questions. <laughs> no, thank you. 